Church, I'm really excited to jump into it today. Can I get my Bible? Let me get the word here, folks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We got a fun series going on. This is called Keep Yourself. Someone say Keep Yourself. Keep Yourself. I like it. With a little bit of attitude. Keep Yourself. Last week we talked about Keep Yourself from Idols. What a fun week. What a fun week that is. <laughs> Keep yourself from that which would destroy you, that which would take God's place in your heart. And uh, today, I, I am so excited about today. Today we're going to talk about staying close. We find an interesting command. This is, I, I want to I communicate this. I need to stay on track. We find an interesting command within the New Testament. Keep yourself. This is an action that you and I are supposed to take. 1 John 5 says it, Jude says it, and it's an interesting command that I want to discuss a little bit with you today. Last week, like I said, we talked about this, 1 John 5, 21. Dear children, keep yourselves, keep yourselves from idols. He wrote an entire letter to you and to me, and the last thing, the most important thing that he communicates with you and with me is to keep yourself from that which would take God's place in your heart. And today we're going to be talking about this scripture. Before we jump into it, I want to encourage you. We got notes on the front of chairs. Go ahead and take notes. Write some stuff down. Don't forget what we're talking about on a Monday and Tuesday because we believe that the word of God is going to transform us for the rest of our days. Amen, church? Hey, we don't, we don't, take, it, we don't take it light here. Oh, don't make me preach. We're not listeners of the word. We're doers of the word, right? Come on now. I, again, extra hour. I, can't, I don't know if you can tell. I'm gassed up. I'm ready to go. Oh. Jude 21 says it like this. Keep yourself in God's love. Such a, a much more easier, wonderful, happy thing, huh? Keep yourselves from idols, week one. Keep yourself in God's love, week two. As you wait for the mercy of our Lord Jesus to bring you to eternal life. In other words, keep yourself close to him until the time has come where we're in heaven. Stay close. Someone say, stay close. Stay close. You would think that this would be an easy thing, right? Isn't it easy to just stay close? Just stay close, guys. And yet, who's with me that I've wandered away far too many times? Anyone with me? So let's be real today. Let's have a real conversation. Week one, stay away. Week two, stay close. Stay close. Keep yourselves in God's love. God wants to be close to you. I don't know what religious background you have. I don't know what you've grown up hearing. Maybe you've had a father who wanted nothing to do with you, a mom who wanted nothing to do with you. And uh, i got to tell you, our Heavenly Father is so different. Amen, church? You, the God who created the stars in the sky and the God who has the intricacy to create something called DNA that gives you your uniqueness wants to be close to you and to me. And even that... He's okay with being close to broken, ugly, messed up me. Amen, church. And so here's, here, I want to just share this with you and, and just let you know. All he wants is to be near to you. The Lord is near to all who would call on him. To call on him in truth. God is so attentive to your call. Think of you as being a, a child when my, when my daughter screams. Sometimes I panic and I like rush across the room and make a big deal and she's just like doing her thing, you know. She's 10 months old, by the way, so she screams 24-7. It's fun. Yeah, 
11 months old. Thanks, hon. The Lord is near. <laughs> the Lord is near. Listen to this. Draw near to God. It's a command. It's an action. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. I want the God of the universe. I want the Savior who conquered death. I want to be close to that. I love this. The Passion Translation says it like this. Same verse. Move your heart closer and closer to God, and he will come even closer to you. Can I get an amen, church? Sometimes I don't even have to preach and offer my own thoughts. In fact, I don't like doing that. That's huge. Move your heart closer and closer to God, and he will draw close and close and close to you. Today, I'm, I'm, I'm going to jump right in. Not, not funny story. I know I'm a jokester every week, but not today. Christ is all that my heart wants and all that my heart needs. Period. Period. Bottom line for today, if you remember anything, if you go home, you go and have your Chipotle before you get to the house, you go turn on some TV and chill. Christ is all that my heart wants. And he's all that my heart needs. Can you remind yourself of that today? Wherever you're at, whatever you're experiencing, chaos or sunshine and rainbows, Christ is all that my heart wants and all that my heart needs. I want to share this quote with you. I was doing some study on this keep yourself phrase. Keep yourself in God's love. I was doing some study on this, and uh, I have this thing that shows me a ton of commentaries. A commentary is a, a biblical scholar's perspective on what, through research, what this is trying to communicate. And so in Matthew Henry's Bible commentary, it says this. I'm going to jump right into it, folks. Y'all cool with that? Let's go. Sensual men, humans driven by desire, driven by their fallen self, broken in pieces, those men, what's the word for today? Separate. Separate and close. Sensual men separate from Christ and his church, and they join themselves to the devil. Yes, we use that term in this church. Yes. The world and the flesh by ungodly and sinful practices. Keep yourself close to God. That's based off of this Jude 21 verse. So we have this fight. My flesh, my desire, my brokenness, they pull me away from my Savior. Is anyone with me? They pull me away in the past and I've since conquered this addiction but the computer screen has pulled me away it's pulled me away the bitterness and the anger no I don't want to deal with that unforgiveness it pulls me away the greed I just want all this money it pulls me away it pulls me away it separates and when I do separate we've talked in the past there's only two masters on this earth. God and the devil, the enemy. And so when I separate from one, where do you think I go? To the other. And so I have a question for all of us today, and, and again, I'm, I'm going to go right into it. Why do I wander away from my Savior? Church, I do it all the time. I mess up daily. Why do I wander away 
And then what happens when I am distant? Why do I go away? And then what happens when I am distant? I want to share with you, and I've, I've preached on this before, and this is the gospel. This story is the gospel, the prodigal son story. And it's beautiful because it's a, it's a story about a young man who loses his way and finds life again, just like me. But I want to start off with this framework, and I want, to, I want you to observe as we're going through the word, when he is close, life is different than when he is far. His life, we could put this up here if you're taking notes. His life wasn't broken before he left. Let me give you some context. The prodigal son story is a story of a young man who wanted to go off and figure out his own life. He actually wished his dad dead, took his inheritance, and went and squandered it in wild living. But let's play some assumptions here. Before he left his father's house, he was clothed. He had food. He was cared for. There was safety. Yes, he was working towards something. He was helping out in the fields. He was productive, but there was good things. Does that make sense? His father's house was a good place. Of course there's trial in good places too. But his life wasn't broken. And you'll see what I mean by broken. His life wasn't broken before he left. His life would break after he left. So he decides to go off on his own, and all of a sudden, all of the mess-ups, all of the whirlwind starts coming in and sweeping through. And so Jesus, Jesus is our Savior. He came and he died and rose again. And he walked on this earth to be the perfect sacrifice for you and for me. And while he was on this earth, he would teach. And this is the story that he talks about to display the gospel. We can put this up here. If you got your Bibles, I think we're in uh, Luke 13, 14, 15. I can't remember. Here we go. Luke 15. Jesus continued. There was a man who had two, son, two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between him. Just so you know, to get your share of the estate, the person has to die. So literally the son is saying, and parents, you know, when your kid says, I don't like you, it hurts. This son is essentially saying, Dad, you're dead to me. I'll take my inheritance, please. I, actually, I'd wish you'd be dead so I can go. That's pretty harsh. Before we jump further, the temptation for you. So why do I separate? Here's why. The temptation is to believe that you don't need to be close or reliant upon Christ. I do that every day. I can handle this. I got this under control. I can work through this. Anyone control freaks in here? Yeah, Wendy's like, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, the temptation is to believe that you don't need to be close or reliant upon Christ. I can figure this out on my own. Oh, I can sort through this relationship over here. I don't need to pray about this job. I just, you know, I have my skills, my talents. I can just go for it. And our life is riddled with not relying upon Christ, trying to figure it out on our own. Am I speaking to anyone today? So the temptation is to believe that I can do it myself. I can do it myself. Hmm. And so he fell for that temptation. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, and he set off for a distance. Someone say distant. 
distant country, and there he squandered his wealth in wild living. The father's house was resourced. He was safe. He had everything that he needed. There was love there. There was trial, of course. There was work. There was productivity. There was dreams, aspirations. There was wealth. He had wealth. He had land. And the enemy couldn't get him there. Where could the enemy get him when he was distant? The enemy knows that when you aren't close, he's got you. Let me speak very clearly on on an addiction. It's hard to pray and worship while there's scandalous stuff on a screen. Does that make sense? It's when I'm not praying and I'm not worshiping and I'm not focused on Jesus and I'm not fixated on him. That's, That's when the screen is really tempting. That's when I go off and make a mistake. The enemy knows. He wants you to be distant. He wants to tempt you with, oh, you can solve this. You can do this on your own. Oh, you have a drinking problem. Oh, don't worry. You can go and and go with your friends to the bar. It's all good. You can figure it out. You're strong. The enemy knows if he can get you distant and in the right scenario, he's got you. So he went off to a distant land and he squandered his wealth. He squandered his wealth. After he spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country and he began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to the fields to feed pigs. It keeps going. He longed to fill his stomach. Wow, that's like, that'll preach. The enemy, actually, when you follow the distant land, it promises you fullness, but it actually leaves you empty. Yeah, so the enemy loves to promise you fullness. Yeah, you can take this wealth, go invest it, be awesome with it, and go establish a good life, and then he leaves you empty. What a maniacal person. What an evil dude he is. It'll be good. Empty. Eating with the pigs, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his senses, I've been there, whoa, this is a bad thing. Whoa, I messed up. Whoa, this is not how this was supposed to be. This is not how this is supposed to look. When he came to his senses, he remembered how many of his father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. Again, we have this dichotomy here between his house is full, and when I am distant, I am empty. His servants, the supposed lowly people, have everything that they need. Today, does anyone want everything that they need? Saying a prosperity gospel is about God providing for you and meeting your needs. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So he got up and he went to his father. He got up and went to his father. This is that big moment. Oh my gosh, I messed up. And he messed up big. How bummed out do you get if you lose a hundred bucks? This dude lost half of his inheritance. You're trying to walk back into my house thinking you're all good? Could you imagine that? And you wasted it on gambling, prostitution, and scandalous things. That's what you went and did with everything that I've worked for? 
I can imagine the father saying, I raised you better. I want to give a theological thing real quick. That world, the distant land and his home cannot coexist. They cannot coexist. To do that scandalous stuff, you have to get out of here. That James 4, 8 verse actually says, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your heart and clean your hands. The beautiful thing about Jesus is that, and you'll find in this story, it's the Father who does the cleaning. This dude who was in, uh, like, sackcloth and, like, has dirt all over him. He doesn't get, there's no mention of him cleaning himself and getting a shower, but it's Jesus who does the cleaning. And he, uh, he goes to the Father, and, and the Father puts the, the new robe on him. And he's reinstated into his household. I just want to go to Christ and say, can you please clean me? So I can be close. Because God wants nothing to do with that which is evil. And I am that. But through compassion, he will clean it, make us whole, make us right. Not through anything I can do. That world and this world cannot coexist. Think about light and dark. When you light a light bulb, dark has to flee. They cannot coexist. So he has to leave the distant land to go back home. He does sinful things. He breaks his life apart. He loses this wealth. He hurts himself messes everything up and he goes back and he prepares this speech and his heart is repentant you see it there <laughs> it's a big part of it his heart is repentant I don't want anything to do with that anymore no no that life is terrible so he goes back he goes back and he starts to walk on his father's property oh. but while he was still a long way off his father saw him. This is that scripture, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. The father is waiting. He is waiting. He is waiting to run to you. His father was, while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. I wrote this song once. It was called More Than Halfway. And uh, I, had a, I had a revelation about this scripture. Um, I'll be very honest with you. Yes, it's, oh, it's spiritual. <laughs> I, I receive visions. I receive visions from, from the Holy Spirit. And I had this vision about this story. And uh, I was the son. And his big thing that he had struggled with when I was dirty, I had, I had done a ton of gambling. I was, uh, I had participated in prostitution and a bunch of orgies and 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 I ended up being real dirty and, and went and hired myself out. The thing that's beautiful about this part while he was still a long way off have you ever seen like have you ever been to a park and there's like the row of trees and then the field I was wandering through the woods and I was being chased because I owed a lot of debt and I walked onto my father's property and that tree line 
I walked through the tree line. And my father, it was this big A-frame house. And my father was standing on the deck and his arms were clenched onto the railing, looking through the trees for me. And uh, the father was Jesus. This was the first time I was ever hugged by Jesus. Literally, I know that this is weird. I'm just being honest with you. So I was walking through the trees and my father saw me and Jesus was, was running. I took one, two, three steps. And by the time I took three steps, Jesus had run all the way across the field and hugged me and started crying over me. And so the song was that he would meet us more than halfway. All he wants is one, two, three steps, and he is going to come rushing in. That's how desperate he wants to be close to you. He is waiting at that railing, excited for his son or his daughter to return home. And as soon as he sees them through the tree, he books it. While he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion. Jesus was filled with compassion. As he ran to his son, he threw his arms around him and he kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned. Please clean me. I'm broken here. I've sinned against heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. True statement. You wished me dead, and actually you hired yourself to be a citizen of a different land. But the father said to his servants, quick, first of all, acknowledge, like, he didn't even, like, condemn him. He didn't beat him up. He said, we're going to go heal him. We're going to celebrate lost life being found. But the father said to the servants, quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Though he stinks, though he's broken, though his clothes are all withered and he smells like pig, bring the best robe right now and put it on him. A ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate for the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and someone say he is found. Found and so they began to celebrate. There's two places we see the beginning of the story. His life is good at the house, in the home, close to his father. He breaks away, he's tempted. I can figure this out on my own. When he is tempted, sin overtakes him, his sinful desires cause him to break his life. I didn't write this down today, but I'm gonna give you like a little snippet here. Sin is different than an attack from the enemy. I got to tell you that even in the protection of the Father's arms, you will be attacked, but you do not have to sin. The enemy will come at you with everything he's got to try to pull you away. But we do not have to sin or turn to something that is outside of God's will. And then the son in his ultimate brokenness, the son who is just like me, returns back home. And instead of being condemned and brought to a lowly position like a servant, we could put this up here. The blessed life was found when he was close again. When he's close, life is blessed. When, when not, life is a mess. Am I preaching? Meanwhile, 
oh, I want to talk about this church. We fall for this all the time. I can be this older brother. Meanwhile, the older son was in the field, and when he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. What the heck's going on here? Why is everyone throwing a feast? It's not a special day. It's not a, it's not a festival. What's happening here? So he called one of the servants and asked him, hey, what's going on? Your brother has come, he replied, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he, is, um, he has him back safe and sound. The older brother became angry and refused to go in, so his father went out and pleaded with him. He answered his father, look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders, yet you never gave me even a young goat so I could celebrate with my friends. how blessed you have been son being in my house the older son didn't even have a conversation with his brother yet he didn't even say hey younger brother what'd you experience I went through hell and back I almost died he has no point of reference for this he's just jealous that his brother gets a celebration and all the while he completely forgets that he's been blessed safe cared for, nourished, grown, all the while he's been in the house. It is easy to take the house for granted, is it not? I want you to put that last verse up. Can you put up the one before this? Yep. But when his son, but when this son of yours who has squandered your property with prostitutes come home, you kill the fattened calf for him. Again, the brother didn't realize how blessed he was staying close to the father. The enemy's going to tempt you and say, hey, that life over there looks really great. Hey, that scandalous thing over there looks really wonderful. Hey, Nick Miller, and I'm conquering this right now in Jesus' name. That Big Mac looks really great. Guys, I'm 15 down. I'm, I'm fighting them. I'm fighting them. No, we talked about idols. Listen, I'll tell you one thing. I, I will tell you one thing as your pastor. I'm not going to preach it and not do it. I'm going to fight my idols. I'm going to stay away from that stuff. The brother didn't realize. The brother didn't realize how blessed he was staying close. How blessed he was staying close to the father. All he did was allow temptation to come in and say, why can't I live like that? Why can't I have that? Bro, the house is the best place to be. That screen will be shouting, it's awesome. That, that bottle, that drink will be shouting, it's going to be amazing. Don't do it. It ends up only being distant and broken. In the home is the beautiful life. It might not always feel that way. In fact, let's acknowledge this. Can you go back to the part where he said, in fact, I've, I've been a slave. I've served you. Let me tell you something about the kingdom of God. We got work to do, church. This journey is not supposed to be easy. If you're looking for a gospel that says, it's going to be hunky-dory, welcome to sunshine rainbow land, this isn't it. There's going to be persecution. There's going to be evil that we need to stand against. Don't get me talking about sex trafficking, church. Don't get me talking about it. We got to stand, church. There's, there's problems. We got to stand. Slaving for you, yes. Just so you know, the Bible calls us slaves to righteousness. Bought by to work for. I've been purchased by the blood to serve. 
So this journey is going to work. Y'all ready to work with me? Because we got a lot of we got a lot of work to do. We got a lot of work to do. The blessed life is at home. You can put that up again, Ryan. Sorry. Go, Ryan. I'm jumping all over the place. You're doing great. The brothers. The brother did not realize how blessed he was staying close to the father. My son, the father says, you are always with me, and everything I have is yours. Remember the scripture of him talking about his glorious riches. Jesus is saying the same thing. The heaven that I have, the goodness that I have, the blessing that I have, the promises that I've made, they are yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because your brother, this brother of yours was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. bottom line of what I want to talk about today is this. The condition of this brother's life was based upon his proximity to his father. Let me say it again. The condition of this man's life was based upon his proximity to his father. So let's talk about this. If you give your life to Jesus, Romans it says, if you would confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is your Lord and Savior, you are saved. Welcome home. But he was already home and he wandered off. Let's talk about that. Sometimes even though we're saved, even though we found this Jesus, we can wander off. Let's not pretend to be perfect Christians here. God wants to be close. God wants to be close. And the condition of Nick Miller's life, well, let me speak honestly. Can I tell you why this fast is going really good for me? I'm actually not doing it for the weight. I preached a little bit ago the series on the rope. If you guys remember the rope, giving, praying, fasting, three things that make you unbreakable. I'm fasting for spiritual reasons now, and I'm conquering. All of this to be said, how close does Christ want to be with me? Oh, this is beautiful. Again, how, how close does God want to be with dirty, broken me? And so this scripture, Jesus is at the end of his life, and he's about to give his life up, and he's talking with his disciples, meeting with them, and he says, hey, one of you guys are about to betray me. And he would eventually, Judas would eventually go betray Jesus, and Jesus would be unjustly accused and put to death on a cross. But I want to highlight something here on how close God wants to be with you. And if you're a man, this might feel weird, but imagine this. His disciples stared at one another at this news. Oh my gosh, someone's going to betray me. At the loss to know which, which of them he had met. In other words, who's going to betray him? One of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. John was sitting next to Jesus. Wait. So not, does, not only does he want to sit next to you, just wait. Simon Peter motioned to him and said, Hey, John, figure out who it is. That's what he Ask him which one. Because I hope it ain't me, bro. I hope it ain't me. Ask him which one he means. Look at how close Jesus wants to be. Leaning back against Jesus. He asked him, Lord, who is it? Other translations would say, he rested his head on his chest. I don't want to rest my head on anyone's chest here, but that is how close. That's how close God wants to be to you. 
there's this intimacy that he wants, this closeness that he wants. This is a grown man laying his head on his Savior. Isn't that beautiful? You don't think he wants to be close to you. People were bringing little children. You can put this up there. People were bringing little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them, but the disciples rebuked him. Jesus was a busy man. He was going, preaching, teaching. The disciples were like, get away from him. He needs his space. When Jesus saw this, he was indignant. Look at what he says. He said to them, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them. For the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Wait, what does he do with children? And he took his children in his arms and placed his hands on them and blessed them. Other translations will say he sat them on their lap. Do you guys understand this concept of intimacy that Jesus wants with you? There's a connection that God wants to have. He wants you to be close. And I'm not perfect at it, but all I want is to rest on him. That's all I want. So the question for today, we're talking about I'm being pulled away. I'm separated. I don't know what's going on. The question for today is how can I keep myself close? Great question, Nick. How can I keep myself close? I have a couple thoughts, just some practical things. And we kind of touched on this a little bit earlier when we were over prayer cards. Let me say this, and, and this might seem a little bit bold, but the church can't save you, but it can keep you. It can help keep you. Nick Miller is not your savior. I'm not the source of your faith life. I'm not the one who's going to be with you every second of every day to make sure you're not going to that bar, to make sure you're not going to that computer screen, to make sure you're not texting on Instagram that other woman. I can't save you, but I'll tell you what, when you're around, we can help keep one another. We can help keep one another. And I pray for a church that loves so much that we can share the truth in love. Notice Jude 21 doesn't say keep yourself. He says keep yourselves. So we have a job to do. And church, I give you just as much permission for me to do it to you, for you to do it to me. Can you help keep me? Can you help keep me? Do you know how many pastors fail and fall short? I'm just a normal guy who just can talk. Can you help keep me? And can we help keep one another? Keep yourselves in God's love. If only the brother had said to the younger brother, bro, you're being an idiot right now. Idiota. Bro, fool, what are you doing? Dad's house is awesome. He would have saved him. Can we do that as a church? Can we keep one another? Hey, listen, this is, not, uh, this is not to condone the Bible beating up thing. No, 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 we don't do that here. No, no. But we can be honest and journey with people through whatever mess they're going through and whatever mountaintop they're on. Keep yourselves. we got to keep one another. Nick Miller can't save you, but I can walk with you and help keep you. Amen? This is a hard one. Practice vulnerability, authenticity, and honesty with Christ. When we mess up, it's very hard to go back home and say, dude, I messed up. Oh. In fact, perhaps why he was there so long. Notice in the story of the prodigal son, he lost all of his wealth. He could have turned around right there, but he was probably too ashamed to go back home. So he tried hiring himself out. 
And then he got to a place where after he hired himself out and he had no food and he was eating pig slop, he then said, yeah, I'm going to go back home now. Practice vulnerability, authenticity, and honesty with Christ. Go to him and say, I am hurting. God, I've messed up. I have this problem. I was a sensual man, and I distanced from you, and I attached myself to lustful desires. I attached myself to flesh desires, things that would ruin me. I messed up. And I'll be honest with you, God, why I'm messed up is because I feel lonely. I don't know what your story is. But can you practice vulnerability, authenticity, and honesty with Christ? Look at this. Come to you, or come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. How does he know you're weary and burdened? Because he wants, he wants you to come not perfect. He wants you to come with what you are. God, I'm tired. God, I'm beat up. I'm discouraged. I've, I'm sinful. Come to me. All of you who are weary and burdened, authentic, real, honest, transparent, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. In other words, journey with me and learn from me. Be close. Be in my house. Journey with me. Learn from me. For I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. I got to tell you, I've only found rest for my soul. I've only found resolution. I've only found healing when I've been transparent and honest. We in church love to say, I'm good. No, you ain't. Check your face. You ain't good. It's all over you. No, you're not. I'll tell you this. If we can't be transparent with one another, I don't know if I can believe that you'd be transparent with your Father in heaven. Be serious. If you're scared of being transparent with Nick Miller, how scared are you of being transparent with the God who created everything? So we don't do the I'm good thing here in church. Please, please don't. Please don't. Let's be honest, raw, transparent, so we can help heal. It says the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. How can I pray with you without you being transparent with me? How can I serve you and walk with you without you being open and honest with me? And how can I have you guys praying for me without me being honest and open with you? Last thing I want to say, unbreakable relationships form over invested time. There's awesome marriages. People have been married like 50 years, and you're like, yes, that's amazing. And you know each other in and out, all of it. You know everything. And it's unbreakable as you invest time. As you pour into one another, as you connect over and over and over and over again. I just want to share these. These are real quick. Look to the Lord and, and, and his strength. Seek, strength. Seek his face always. Go seek after him. Invest your time in it. Devote yourselves to prayer. Devote yourselves to prayer. We can put this up here. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. Lastly, and pray in the spirit on all occasions. Do you see how often we are to connect with our Savior? It's not only on a Sunday for an hour and a half, church. And if your idea, if your idea of a relationship with Jesus, and, and wherever you may be at, we're with you on the journey, but if you think that this is going to grow just by spending, I don't know, 11.07, I know we start late, I know, 11.07 to, to 12.30, if you think that's it, no, nah. no, it's not. Pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert always. Keep, in, uh, keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. 
Again, you see the nature of this. This is a constant thing. This is a constant thing. My prayer is that you would just stay close. That's all I want. And, and my, my commitment to you as pastor is to help keep you and to instruct you and to guide you as much as I can. I'm choosing to live my life and, and I, I want to model it to you. Christ is all that my heart wants and all that my heart needs. That's it. That's it. Father doesn't judge me when I come back home. Hmm. Can you turn off the lights real quick? Turn on these lights too. Yeah, you can turn on these lights too. The front ones.
the enemy's trying to stop it. Look at that. <laughs> We're praying over addictions in this place that the chains would be broken in Jesus' name. That that which is pulling me away is trying to separate me has been conquered by the love and by the blood of Jesus Christ. And so the addictions to the screens, the addictions to the food, the addictions to alcohol, to drugs, whatever it be, these addictions, these addictions, these addictions to prescription medicine, whatever it is that we're facing, God, we're praying for release and for freedom in Jesus' name that those addictions will no longer have a place in my life. The things that wage war in my mind that are pulling me to separate. God, we wage war back and we stand in the gap and we say that those thoughts, that depression, that anxiety, that all of that mess has no more place in this body and then in this mind. I am returning home and I'm coming close to where my mind can be renewed and made whole in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. For homes that are broken the same statistic outside in the world 50% divorce but in the church it's the same thing 50% divorce I pray that homes would be healed in Jesus name that there is no separation and when people walk in here there is a, a restoration not because of this building but there's a restoration that comes because they're close to you Jesus that the home would be made whole in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name husband would not wander off from wife and wife would not wander off from husband. God, we pray over the next generation in our church that they would not wander and depart from the path that they've been put on, but God, that they would stand firm, stand strong through all that the enemy is trying to deceive and confuse right now, that they would be supernaturally equipped to go and follow you with the rest of their days, never turning to the left or to the right, but staying the course, full of passion, full of zeal for you and never wavering. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And ultimately, church, you can have all of everything in here. Christ, you can have all of everything in here. With every head bowed and eyes closed. If you're here and maybe you've been to church a couple times or a thousand times, I want to pray for two different groups of people. I want to pray for the first one. If you've never walked home before, if you've never given your life to this Jesus, He is here and available to you right now. You can try fixing your life. You can try picking up the slop and making it all good, but you can't. The only one that can is the Father is, who is at home. And so if that's you, and you want to go home for the first time, you've never accepted this Jesus into your heart, believers are praying for you right now. Jesus did everything that needed to be done to heal you and make you whole. If that's you and you need this Jesus, don't miss this opportunity to go home. Get out of the pig slot, please. If that's you, on the count of three, I want to encourage you to do something bold. Raise your hand. No one's looking around. No one's going to judge you. In fact, we're going to celebrate you for coming home. The lost are found and the dead are made alive. If that's you and you want to give your life to this Jesus, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is your Lord and Savior, that he died and rose again. If that's you, go ahead on the count of three. Do something bold. Put your hand up in the air. One, two, return home. Three, if that's you. I see that hand. That's awesome. I see that hand back there. That's awesome. I see that hand. Yeah, anyone else? Anyone else want to make that decision today to come home for the first time? So good. You can put your hands down. If that's you, just pray this from your heart. Jesus, I'm done being distant, and I'm ready to come home. 
but I'm so grateful that you died and rose again to make me clean, to make me whole, to bring me back home so that I can connect with you for the rest of my life. God, I am ready for my journey with you. I am ready for what